mentorship is everything to me. Like it is probably like my number one, you know, kind of value and thing that I care about because I really attest all the opportunities that I've gotten and things I've gotten to do to people that have, you know, took me under their wing and that have looked out for me. Um, so I think yeah, it's a good point, Bryce. Like everyone's not supposed to be your mentor, right? So you can't get caught up in trying to have all these big, you know, executives as your mentors because you can learn so much from people right around you that are on your level, your colleagues, your peers. Those people can be mentors to you as well. All right, welcome to another episode of The Amateurs with Bryce and Jaren. Real stories, real situations, real talk. Today we have Brooklyn McDaniels, Ohio State alum, killing it right now with the NFL as a coordinator for their sponsorship and partnership management department. Brooklyn, how are you? I'm feeling great. Happy to be here. Nice to meet you guys virtually and excited to chat. Yeah. Same Thank here. You. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, you mentioned that you're back. You guys are going into the office again. What, what else have you been up to besides work? What's been keeping you busy? Besides work, honestly, just trying to stay sane. You know, it's been a very challenging year, you know, just the least. so just really connecting with those, you know, that mean the most and trying to, you know, prioritize self-care and my mental health. So I actually went to the gym for the first time in like four years last night. So <laughs> a little forward to that. I'm like, you need to do something like besides work just to get your mind off of it. So I'm going to try to enter this fitness journey. We'll see how it goes. Definitely. I think that working out has been that thing for me and kind of like keeping that normalcy, playing college sports, just always having that, you know, like opportunity to be active and challenge myself in the gym. That's That's been something that's been keeping me sane. So I'm happy to hear that you getting back in the gym. Thank you. Pray for me. I need a lot of, a lot of support. <laughs> As we mentioned, you know, you currently work for the NFL, uh, but what sports, you know, were you into growing up? And then where did your love, you know, for the for sports actually come from? No, I'm so glad you asked this question because I feel like everyone just assumes you work at the NFL and you're just obsessed with football. But that truly wasn't my background at all. Um, so I grew up being a huge basketball fan. I'm from Canton, Ohio, which is like an hour um, south of Cleveland. So, you know, I had Cleveland Cavs season tickets, would always go with my dad. Um, I wasn't like growing up a huge LeBron James fan, but now I have grown into one just because I love him as a person and you kind of like wow. can't love him. So I'm happy to admit that now. But I wouldn't say like when I was 10 that I was obsessed with him. Um, until he came back and won us a ring. So now I love him. <laughs> but yeah, so love basketball. That's definitely my first kind of love as far as watching. Um, but uh, middle school, high school, I grew up um, doing gymnastics. So I did gymnastics for 10 years. Um, love the sport so much. I follow the sport closely. Sad that the Olympics aren't happening because I was so excited to watch that this summer. Um, so huge gymnastics fan. Um, and then I was a cheerleader, a dancer, and then I ran track also in high school. So those are the sports I was closest to. But as far as watching and attending, definitely basketball is my number one. Definitely. All right. So we have this uh, this running, I guess, poll going on, right? So I'm a huge LeBron fan. Okay. I know. Michael yeah. Jordan. I did when we said his name. <laughs> yeah, so so who 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 do you like better, LeBron or, or Michael Jordan? Who are you putting at that number one spot? I'm glad you didn't say Steph Curry because I just don't like Steph Curry at all. I would say like LeBron is my Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? So thank I, you. I thank you. Like I like yes, I watched the Last Dance, but like that was for me kind of my like education experience about you know 
Michael Jordan. So I would say it's tough, you know, because LeBron's still going. But I think in my lifetime, in my generation, like LeBron is that man, you know, he's like that guy. So I think just from what we see, what we've grown up on, like, how can you how can you disagree with that? You know, that's that's the point I've been trying to make. I didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. Like, no, we don't know. That's not like our, you know, like you can watch highlights all day, but it's not the same. Not happening uh, in real time. That's okay, true. they got they got hardwood classics. You know, you got they got YouTube. That's why we have technology. You go back. You Definitely, it's not the same when it's not actually happening. You know, exactly. exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, but you you played a lot of you know uh, individual sports. Uh, but how um how competitive are you? Mm, I would say I'm like naturally competitive. I don't think like friends or like close family members would describe me as competitive. But like, if you put me in a situation where I have the opportunity to win, like I'm going to do whatever I can to do it. You know, but I wouldn't say like day to day, you wouldn't get that like aura from me. But like, if we're doing some type of workout, if we're playing some type of game, like obviously when it comes down to it, like I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I, I win. So competitive, right. but like, you know, not like too much. Got you. All right. So I'm happy you said that we actually do have an opportunity for you to showcase that we have a game on our show called the one minute warm up um okay. this is what we were alluding to earlier um uh darren all right so like basically i have like 10 to 11 questions right we're timing you you got a minute you get one skip and of course the objective is, is to get through all the questions before the time runs out okay. oh, so jaren so will give you he'll let you know when you have 30 seconds left 15 seconds left and then five seconds left okay let's right. let's do it are you ready <laughs> yes, as ready as I can be. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, so on the first question, Jerry. All right, what was your dream school growing up? Duke. Favorite artist out right now? Dom Kennedy. Oh, I like that. Uh, what's what's one habit that you're trying to break? Uh, milkshakes. I drink way too many. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure? Mm, probably Netflix. Okay. Uh, favorite place that you've ever visited? Brazil. Hidden talent. Um, I can speak gibberish. <laughs> what, is <laughs> that? what is one thing that you can't live without other than your phone? 30 seconds. Other than my phone, salt and vinegar potato chips. Okay. Um, favorite media personality? Taylor Rooks. Nice. Uh, what's the last show that you've binged? You like Netflix. What's the last show you've been? Watching Ozark right now, but I just started Grand Army. Very good. 15 okay. seconds left. And uh, favorite movie of all time? <sighs> Parent Trap. Parent Trap, that's a classic. That's a you don't give Parent yeah. Trap a credit. That's a great movie. It, it, really is. it really is. That's yeah, it. That's how you, you made it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That was but, fun. I like that. That definitely made me think on my feet. I like that. Yeah, it gives the audience a chance to, you know, really get to know the guests. And um, it's just something fun to do. So I I'm, like I'm, I'm, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, let, let's get back into it. So you obviously work at the NFL now, but when did you – I guess realize that you wanted to work in sports. Another great question because I did not grow up thinking I would ever work in professional sports. I think at first it was just like I didn't even know that was really a job that you know could happen that I could work at the NFL or the NBA. Um, and then just like I always had this thought that you had to be this expert on sports and just you know you had to grow up living, breathing you know the sport to to work in the industry. Right. Um, so didn't know that at all. You know, as a child, I think. It really happened in college for me. Um, I went to Ohio State, as you mentioned. So huge sports culture. You really can't avoid sports at Ohio State. Um, so step, definitely started to get more into kind of the corporate side of sports in undergrad. Um, but I had the opportunity to intern before my senior year at Ohio State at ESPN. Um, so I wasn't really doing any kind of like 
touching sports necessarily, but I was on the sales side in the um, sales and marketing department and um, really just loved kind of the atmosphere, you know, loved how positive everybody was, how dynamic, you know, every single day there was something new or some new breaking news. And like, it was just a really kind of thrilling environment. And I was like, this is absolutely where I want to be, where I want to stay. Um, so I, I loved that internship. And then I started kind of researching what can I do to start my career off here? Um, and I found out about rotational programs at the MLB, at the NBA and the NFL. And I was like, whatever I have to do, I'm going to make this happen. I want to go back to New York City and work kind of in one of these headquarters. So mm-hmm. applied for several programs and the NFL worked out. And here we are two and a half years later. So very, very thankful and very blessed. Awesome. <laughs> what um what factors went you know into your consideration for uh you know your college decision so i mean ohio state's kind of always if you're born and raised in ohio it's kind of like ingrained in you just like you're kind of a buckeye from birth um i i mentioned that i really love duke mostly because of their basketball program so i was just like oh that'd be so fun to go there and like go to games and it was out of state so i thought that would be cool but it was kind of like a reach school yeah. um, whereas ohio state had everything that i wanted as far as like competitive academics great sports far enough from home, but not like too far. Um, and I ended up getting a tuition, a full tuition scholarship. So it just, it really made the most sense and don't regret it at all. I had such a great experience there and, you know, we'll always kind of attribute, you know, my steps now from, from my time at Ohio State. Yeah. So I'm assuming yeah. you going to a lot of the games and everything, basketball games and everything. So. so I actually didn't, we really weren't good. Like Aaron Kraft had just left when I was a freshman. Oh, so yeah. I didn't really go to basketball games per se throughout undergrad, but I went to all the football games. I got season tickets every year, like never missed a Michigan game, brought my parents, brought my friends. So like football is the one thing like you can't get around at Ohio State. You you have to be involved in it. Like there's no way around it. So definitely enjoyed all the football games. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even keep up with football as much as I probably should, but I know the top three teams are like Bama, um, Clemson and Ohio State. But every I do wanna, year, every year. Exactly, I do wanna go back really quickly. Um, you, you spoke a bit about, you know, when you were growing up, you thought that you had to, like, know the sport, hardcore, you know, know the sport uh, to work in the field. But one thing that I keep coming across when I have informational interviews with people that work in the industry is the fact that they aren't hiring people to be fans of the game. Like, they're hiring people that actually know the business. So uh, for those that are out there that don't, you know, play a sport, don't get discouraged, and, like, it's still, yeah. you know, a possibility for you to work in the sport. Um, but I want to ask you, now that you've been in the industry for a while, are there any characteristics that you see that, a lot of people, you know, have that work in the industry or, or anything like okay. that. No, that's a great point, Bryce. I think uh, people need to know that and hear that more. Like, it's almost a turnoff if you're interviewing for the NFL or the NBA. If it's if your interest is solely based off fandom, like that's not what anybody wants to hear when they're interviewing you. They want to hear about initiatives you're aware of or, you know, the foundational pieces of the league that, you know, are kind of intriguing you. So saying, oh, my God, I grew up watching football. I'm obsessed with football is not what, you know, you want to be sharing. Yeah, yeah. With your, so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because people think, oh, I just have to talk about, you know, going to Eagles games all the time and I'll get hired. And yeah. that's not what, you know, interviewers in HR are looking for. Um, yeah. So really good point there. Um, t- remind me of your second question. Sorry, I was talking a lot. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, are there any uh, characteristics yeah. or? Yes, yes. Like yeah, yeah. Lots of characteristics I think I've noticed in sports. I think kind of above ball is really just like communication patterns and knowing how to effectively communicate with you know your department, cross-functionally around the entire department. Um, I think authenticity is really important. Like the sports world is so, so small, especially being in New York City. Everybody knows each other. Everyone's connected. So 
you can't be one person in one meeting and a whole other person like another, you know, cause it's going to get around. So I think just being really authentic and transparent um, and then just, you know, being organized, there's so much going on and like, yes, the season's the same every year. And yes, there's always the draft and there's always the combine, but it's like, you've got to really stay up to date. You've got to know what's going on in all sports, not just in football. Um, you've got to, you know, be able to prioritize what needs to happen because there's going to be a million things every day. So you got to know, like, you can get these eight things done today and the other 12 can wait for tomorrow. So, mm. you know, just being really organized, knowing how to communicate and just being yourself. I think that's the one thing I love about my colleagues the most is that like everyone is just really real, you know? And I was like nervous. I'm like, the NFL might be political. It might be really mm. like stuffy, but I love everybody that I work with and I can text them, call them whenever I need. And like, everyone just is like, cool, you know? And it's like, that's a cool environment to walk into every day when you can really just, you know, be yourself. Yeah. You just dropped a lot of gems out there, <laughs> everybody listening. I just got lost until I was locked in. Everything you were saying. <laughs> but now, uh, what's, what's one of your, well, yo, when you worked, you know, you did uh, ESPN, you did an internship. So what was that experience like? And what were like your, you know, day-to-day tasks when you were working there? Yeah, so that was definitely a, you know, a very holistic kind of view into the corporate side of sports, because like I said, I wasn't really working in hockey or basketball or football. It was really, um, like I said, sales and marketing. So I was in the affiliate sales team. And this is the team that kind of negotiates all the deals with Fox or CBS or ABC. So it's very contractual. Um, every single day we were on calls with ESPN Legal, kind of reviewing those deals, discussing renewals. Um, direct to consumer was really hot at that point. So how do you get you know these services right into consumers' hands? Um, that was before Disney Plus and all that. So all that was kind of on the horizon when I was interning. Um, so you know it was a lot of analyses of like other kind of you know, cable bundles and, you know, you've got a lot of cord cutters, they call them, which is our generation. We don't even like buy cable anymore. So they wanted my perspective as a college student, like, you know, what are people doing on Ohio State's campus? How do they watch cable? Are they watching in dorm rooms? Are they going to bars? So it was a lot of kind of analysis and really kind of diving into, you know, what the future of the cable industry looks like and how ESPN can really maximize and be like ahead of ahead of those changes. So um, it was a lot. I think, you know, it was great to get that intro into sales and marketing, but I think it just inspired me more to want to know like what else exists in the world of sports, you know, because yeah. people think it's just football every day. There's so much. There's the finance component. There's the PR components. There's the salary cap components. Like there's so much business behind it that, you know, it's almost, you know, mind blowing. So it's cool that I was in the rotational program and I could kind of try out a bunch of different groups. Definitely. And that's kind of what I want to get get into next, the rotational program. I know we keep throwing that around and, and some people might not know what that is, but a lot of sports leagues, they have this program for recent grads where you're able to you know, spend a few months in different departments within their league and ultimately have an opportunity to be brought on full time um, working for the league. Um, and as we mentioned before, Brooklyn had the opportunity to take part in uh, the NFL's rotational program. So can you speak a bit about, you know, which departments you had the opportunity to work in and what that experience was like overall? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, I'm a huge advocate for the program, the junior rotational program. Some people call it JRP, um, just because there's no other role where you're able to go into such a powerful sports league and see so many different sides of it. So highly recommended. I think the application for the 20 20 cohort just kind of started, but I'm happy to talk to anyone about it. But I started in 2018. So right after I graduated from Ohio State and my first department was um, event strategy. So this is the department that plans kind of every super, every event that the NFL puts on, like the Super Bowl, like the combine, like the draft, like kickoff, all of that. So 
great exposure because I was able to start as a 21 year old and start planning the Super Bowl. So, you know, definitely overwhelming, but so, so exciting and such phenomenal, you know, people in the group. And I really kind of hit the ground running. My first event that I got to work on was the Hall of Fame, which is in Canton, Ohio, which is my hometown. So it was so cool to get hired and then be able to go home and work and like, you know, see my parents and have my family come out and, you know, see all the Hall of Fame festivities. So a lot of fun. Um, I did that for six months. Then I moved to a department called Club Business Development, um, also known as CBD. And this department works with all the teams. So there's 32 NFL teams. Um, this department works with the Bills every day, the Cowboys every day, the Texans every day um, on the basis of marketing, sponsorship, ticket sales, all of those different things. So it's really like the consultancy department in between the league and all the teams. So. Okay. It's cool because all the teams are so different, you know, like, I don't know who you guys are fans of, but I'm a Browns fan and like the Browns operate 1000% differently than the Rams, you know, so cool to kind of see the inside of, you know, how all the, the different teams kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for six months. Then I moved on to sponsorship and partnership management. Um, and that department is basically the department that kind of controls all of the corporate sponsor relationships. So, you know, the Bud Lights of the world, Marriott, um, FedEx, all of those major corporations that are partners of the NFL, this department manages what those relationships look like, how the money is spent, you know, where their marks and logos show up. Um, so I did that for only two months. And then there was a role that opened up as a coordinator in the de- in the department. And I was like, I think I should just go for it. You know, if it doesn't work out, I'm still in the rotational program. If it doesn't work out, I got a job. I don't have to worry about anything. Wait, wait. Um, so it worked out, and here we are a year later, and I'm still in the sponsorship department. Um, that's what I do every single day. That's dope. That's dope. I love that. And it, you, you are right. Like, every team, I never really thought about that, but each team, they it's like a company, right? Like, uh, two companies, they might not, you know, operate the same way. That's that's interesting. Yep. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, like, you got the full-time opportunity, right? So, you know, you were in the rotational program, you were already in their department and you, you had to stand out some way. So do you have any, I guess, advice for people that are going into a rotational program or an internship on how to secure that full time opportunity? For sure. I think just knowing that, you know, no task is beneath you. It doesn't matter if you are stapling packets for a presentation, um, you know, if you are physically putting together items at an event, like you just, you got to be really willing to, you know, get your, get your feet dirty and do whatever. I think like a lot of times people, you know, you come into these, these huge corporations and you just expect to be like, you know, sitting, you know, sidelines, you know, at the playoff game, but like, there's so much more to get there. So it's really about, you know, putting yourself out there and not being afraid to work on any task, no matter how small, Um, but also really kind of, you know, channeling and really cherishing your relationships. I think, a huge part of me getting hired full time was that every group I went to, I made sure that I, you know, I was connecting with that group. I was meeting with individuals and really learning about what they did specifically. And then I would move on to my next group and still talk to them on a weekly basis, you know? So it's like Mm. taking every piece of learning and every relationship with you as you move on, because then I had other people in the building in the NFL who would vouch for me and say, you know, Brooklyn absolutely deserves this role because when she was an event, she did this, this, and this, you know? So just understanding the importance of relationships and how far that can get you, I think is a big part of these rotational programs because nobody else has the opportunity to go to four or five, six different departments, but you do. So you've got to maximize, you know, your time in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a great point. No, I was saying what she was saying, uh, like everything's a process. I think sometimes we look at the end goal sometimes, uh, you know, but we got to take like one step at a time, roll your sleeves up, get your hands yeah. dirty, like she said, pretty much. Uh, day and that's by like, day. Like, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to talk about two things there. One, just like it's, it's all about relationships, right? So one, the industry is small, like you, you mentioned previously. So everyone knows each other, got to have a good reputation. Um, and two, you need someone to champion for you, you know, like the, the, it's, it's super competitive there. There's a lot of opportunities out there, but there aren't at the same time. Yeah. So you need someone that's that's going to champion you and, and put you in positions like she mentioned. You know, Brooklyn deserves this position for this reason. Like you need that. So pay attention. Make sure that you, you know, continue to build your network yep. uh, for the listeners out there. Uh, nurture those relationships. Those are super important. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Yep. So there, there's a lot of, you know, high school and college uh, students, you know, watching this. Uh, so how like what advice do you have for them, uh, you know, entering the sports, you know, working in the sports industry? I think, you know, start wherever you are. So, you know, no matter where, like what market you're in for school or you know, if you're in high school, like, you know, volunteer, whether they're paid or not, like any opportunities. I have a, a good friend from back home. He's in high school. He's been texting me like, you know, what can I do to try to get to the NFL one day? And I'm like, you're in the home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like we have a huge ceremony every single summer. Do what you can to go out, you know, be at the Hall of Fame, volunteer, you know, volunteer at the game. Like everyone just wants to you jump to these huge positions and these jobs where you're making all this money, but that's just not how it works. You know, it, it's always going to be building blocks on top of building blocks. So I think get involved right where you can, you know, if you've got an athletic program at your school, see what you can do, you know, and whether it's, you know, being like game day coverage or whether it's, you know, working in the recruiting program, all of those things, like it's never too early to get involved. And if you know you want to work in sports, like experience is everything, you know, Uh and it doesn't have to necessarily be right in sports because there's a lot of transferable skills. But if you are in a place where you can, you know, start getting involved right now, do that. Um, and it's never too early to start reaching out to people. I think most of my networking started happening in college when I was in more like career preparation programs. But if you're in high school and, you know, talk to the AD at your school and see kind of what their path was or, you know, connect with sports professionals in your hometown, because I am such an advocate for picking other people's brains, understanding what they did to get to where they are and understanding, you know, you don't have to follow their path exactly, but just familiarizing yourself with what it takes to be in the industry you can never start that too early you know yeah yeah you can definitely learn something from take a piece you know from somebody and learn Absolutely. something from everyone so yep. yep what was uh what's the biggest adjustment you know for you entering you know the sports world what do you think the biggest adjustment was for you there's so many adjustments, you know, just being in corporate in general. It's like you've got to think about every single move, everything you say, every outfit you wear, you know. So it gets like it kind of can become exhausting at times because you have to be so conscious of everything going on around you. So I think that was it for me. You know, I'm a very confident person. I definitely consider myself a leader and I always am trying to be at the forefront of anything I, I'm involved in. But coming into the NFL, it was like a space I really knew nothing, you know, like mm. not growing up as a huge professional football fan. Like I, I always watch college football, but like, I don't know. It's just like, I didn't, I, I was starting from, you know, literally square one. I didn't, I didn't know too much about operationally, the structure. I didn't know about any of the departments that I was going into. So everything was foreign to me, which really, you know, it, it made me have to be 100% like a listener and really just soaking up everything going on. And so that's tough because you want to speak up, you want to show that you get it, but like you can't do that until you could actually know what you're talking about, you know? So that adjustment there was taking the time to, 
you know, really kind of sit back and like soak it all in, but also knowing when I needed to ask questions to make sure I was getting my, my job done correctly, you know, cause everything's new and you don't want to do anything wrong. So you've got to, you know, find those people you can confide in, but also like you've got to always be on the ball and always pay attention. And, you know, you got to be able to kind of grasp what you can say, what you can't say. So it was just a lot of thinking, you know, and a lot goes, goes into your awareness, but you know, now two and a half years in, I, I definitely gained that confidence after doing a full season and knowing who the major players are and who are stakeholders and all of that. So it just, it takes time, you know, so you got to get, Comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I like that. And that's like hard for me, you know, because I always want to speak up, always want to raise my hand, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't you can't raise your hand, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's funny though, because I feel like there's like two types of interns. Like there's an intern that that's in your position comfortable with speaking out. And man, you have to like be more conscious about just sitting there listening and taking things in and being a sponge. And then on the other hand, there's the interns that are like Super, you know, like in their shell, scared to ask questions. So just finding that happy medium is is, is super important. No, that's so funny. One of my mentors recently told me, like, there's three different kind of people. Like, when you go to the beach, right? There's the people that, like, wait in the car for a little bit. They don't want to go to the beach yet. Mm-hmm. Then there's the people that run right to the beach and just want to hang out and have a great time. Uh-huh. And there's other ones that dive right into the ocean with the sharks, you know? So whichever one you are, you've got to either tone it back a little bit or step it up to be that that other kind of person. So I think yeah. I'm thinking about that a lot. Like I'm definitely kind of the one that wants to jump right on the beach, but maybe not right into the water. So now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, once you've got the context, once you've got the knowledge, you can jump in a little bit sooner than usual. Right. Definitely. You've been, you've been uh, setting these transitions up for me perfectly. I actually yeah. want to go into talking about mentors. So how important yeah. have mentors been for you? And um, you know, like going back to what we just talked about, you know, like sometimes it's, it's, it's scary to reach out to someone and ask them to like network with you, let alone be your mentor. So do you have any tips on, 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 on that as well? Yes. Mentorship is everything to me. Like it is probably like my number one, you know, kind of value and thing that I care about because I really attest all the opportunities that I've gotten and things I've gotten to do to people that have, you know, took me under their wing and that have looked out for me. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a good point, Bryce. Like everyone's not supposed to be your mentor, right? So you can't get caught up in trying to have all these big, you know, executives as your mentors because you can learn so much from people right around you that are on your level, your colleagues, your peers. Those people can be mentors to you as well. So I don't think don't get caught up in titles and levels and all that kind of stuff and experience, but people that truly care about you, you know, and that people that, you know, have your best interest in mind. Um, so for me, I think, you know, you've got mentors you really go to when you need advice, kind of career and professional. You've got sponsors who will have your back. They know about you, but maybe you're not talking to them every week. Then you've got those like kind of confidants and like peer colleagues that you if you need to text them about what you should write in the email, you can do that, you know? So you've got to understand where you stand with everybody because it's not about having 35 mentors, right? Like I think it's much more quality over quantity and it's really two mentors that care about you and want to see you really excel than 10, you know? Mm. Um, And it it happens over time. You don't just meet someone and say, they're my mentor, you know? It's that really natural kind of organic connection that you feel with a person and you know that they have the skills and the expertise to support you. That's when you start to identify that. And I don't think I've ever been like to anyone, will you be my mentor? I don't think I've ever in my life said that, you know, we've just connected and we've hit it off and I know that I can trust them and they can trust me. 
and we can both help each other. And that's when naturally it just happens, you know, but I don't think it should ever be forced and be like a sit down conversation, like asking someone to be a mentor. It kind of just, it kind of just crafts itself, you know? Definitely. And Jen and I just had a conversation about that before you hopped on, before we were talking about like the GM stuff. I know you came in in the middle of that conversation, but um, you know, we were, we were talking about going through because we've been doing informational interviews, a ton of them since March, since COVID hit. Yeah. And, uh, we were like we need to go through and see like who we can, who we should highlight as like, okay, this could be a potential mentor or someone that I should, yeah. you know, probably speak to more than um, the rest and things like yeah. that. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you just brought that up as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's important, like you guys said, it's important for you to actively think about, is this someone that could be a mentor? I'm just saying like, you don't want to like throw it, like, you know, you don't want to make it like this high pressure situation that they need to be, but you know, it's up to you to keep that relationship going. Cause like a lot of times these are very busy, you know, higher up people. So it is up to you to check in every couple months or to throw a time on their calendar and send that invite, you know? So yes, you gotta keep it going, but also just like you, you'll naturally understand when it's the right time to address them as such, you know? Definitely, definitely. On the flip side, I wanted to ask you like, how important is it like your, your, your friend, your friend group, like who you surround yourself around? Like how Mm -hmm. important is that? And how does that play into, you know, what you're doing now? Also everything, you know, like honestly, your peer group, kind of like your 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 board of people around you is more key than anything. I think, you know, it's important to have kind of a diverse group around you. Like, you know, I'm in sports, so I don't need to hang out with all people that work in the sports industry, right? Because I want to learn from people in tech and people in finance, you know, and people, you know, in nonprofit. So I think it's been really, really great to, you know, have so many different kind of friend groups to to be able to learn from. I know I've got a group of friends in New York that I hang out with often, but I've got all my back home high school friends that are in medical school or in politics, you know? And then I've got, you know, friends from undergrad that are all over the country at major corporations. So kind of really having that diverse portfolio of friends that you can trust because me, like I'm not a super political person. So these last couple months, like, you know, when politics are just being stuffed in everybody's throat, it's great to have a best friend who works in DC, you know, who works in political consulting, because when I have a question, I'm gonna call her up, you know, cause I want to make sure that I'm educated and know what I'm talking about. So I think, you know, just make, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with diverse people, positive people, right. You never want to be around people that are, you know, talking down on others or just never like, you know, never in a good mood. It's just like, it's daunting, you know? So definitely being conscious of who you're around and you know, what they're putting out into the universe. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. So um, I have I have a, a work question for you, if you will. So, you know, as, as far as we know, there's never been another year like 2020. Like everyone was impacted, economy, I mean, even with sports. At one point, we didn't even know if there would be an NBA season or we would continue it or, or have an NFL season. And I would imagine that you, you know, working in sponsorships and partnerships, that's impacted your, your role. So um, how has it impacted your role as opposed to, you know, your first season at the NFL? Yeah, it's been so different. I'm like, I didn't realize how good we had it at the NFL. Like, because in a normal year, you're just used to everything that you do and all the places you go. But now I'm like, wow, like, this is really, really different. Um, So yes, affected us very much. So I think we were a little bit lucky because we weren't in season when all this kind of popped off. So, you know, NBA having to transition, like we didn't have to do that, you know, in the middle of our season. Um, so we were able to kind of learn from the other leagues and see what the NHL was doing and watch the MLB get started and watch the bubble in Orlando, you know, so 
we we got lucky in that we could kind of take best practices from other teams or other leagues. Um, But for us, you know, we have these huge, large scale events all across the country every year. Um, So the major one that got impacted first was the NFL draft, which was supposed to be in Las Vegas. Um, And the draft is my favorite event. I had friends from Ohio State who are going to be drafted in the top 10. Uh, So geeked, you know. And all of that comes crumbling down two weeks before it's supposed to happen. So that was tough because we had to make it all into a virtual draft. So getting all of our partners, the Boses of the world, the Microsofts of the world, still getting them incorporated, but into players' homes, you know, like yeah. having to deliver cameras and Microsoft tablets to their homes was really hard because typically we have them all in one room and all their parents right there. So it's been a lot because, you know, virtual is never anyone's preference, right? When you can be right. in person, you can't have musical performers and you can't have the top prospects all in one space. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're kind of getting used to it. We we did draft. We did kick off. Now I'm sure you guys have heard there's no Pro Bowl happening, um, you know, no physical Pro Bowl. But we're going to try to do some kind of virtual, you know, rendition of Pro Bowl. And then the Super Bowl obviously can't be virtual. But all the events that are around it all week aren't all going to happen because mm-hmm. all that is doing is spreading COVID, you know. So mm-hmm. We're getting used to it. Um, we keep saying the word reimagining in the NFL building is just trying to reimagine, you know, these events that we do every year. So it's definitely a lot. It's definitely tedious, um, but it's challenging us, you know, and it's it's making us think creatively. And it's cool to be kind of a part of I mean, not cool. Obviously, this pandemic's horrible, but it's cool to be in sports at this time to see, you know, how we're able to really adjust and what this you know, what this might change for the whole entire like face of sports. You know, what are some of the, the things college, you know, student athletes uh you know can do to stand out on you know job applications you know when they're applying for these positions yeah i just became involved with a foundation called make a play my my, one of my good friends started it and it's for student athletes who want to work in sports and i think that sometimes can be like a forgotten kind of demographic because you know these student athletes like you're like yourselves like you're so busy during the year you know there's kind of an off season, but you're always training. You're always have stuff going on. So it's hard for you guys to land internships and to be doing co-ops and all that when like, you know, your sport is kind of your priority. So I think to stand out, you guys have like the most unique perspective ever, right? Like you play the game, you know, you've got all that pressure on you to keep up your academics, but also excel in your sport. And so I think it's really that like direct perspective that you can provide. Like, yes, I, I played sports in, in high school, but you know, at a, at a major school like Ohio state or any school that you go to and you're a student athlete, like you have a whole different level of pressure and kind of, you know, challenges for yourself. So I think really speaking, you know, from your own individualized perspective about how you were able to navigate undergrad while also playing a sport or things that you saw and, you know, misfortunes or anything that, you know, made it difficult for you to really prosper, Mm -hmm. you bring that to the forefront and talk about that specific experience. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, all these leagues are working for athletes and we want to know what athletes care about the most, what athletes hate, what athletes love. And you, you can provide that perspective that I personally can't, you know? So I think really just, you know, using your voice and using yourself to, to speak to what you know that and a whole nother group of people don't even understand. Exactly. And and that's something that we've been trying to point out. Like athletes have the upper hand in that sense. Like we are the NFL, the NBA, Nike, we are the consumers and we've been around them our entire lives. But um, to your point, like we do need to do a better job of, um, expressing those differences and those advantages that we have on those in, in interviews and applications in the mall and make a player has done a great job of that. And this is the second interview. And I mean, yeah, episode in a row that we've uh, talked about make a play. So if, if any student athletes are out there and are interested, I would strongly recommend that you reach out and I'll try to connect you with them all because it's, it's truly a, a, a great program. I wish I had that when I was an undergrad. 
and I've never heard of anything like it. You know, it's like I've been around sports for three, four years now. And so I'm so glad this is coming to fruition because it's so important. Like you are exactly right. You guys have the upper hand and people get nervous to say the wrong thing in interviews. But we need to hear this. You know, you, we need to hear your perspective so we know how we need to pivot internally. So, yeah, definitely get involved and make a play. Definitely. What what advice would you give your 18 to 20 year old, 21 year old? So. Hmm. Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, there's so much. If I could go back, there's so much I would change. But I would say, you know, like again, I said it earlier, like it's never too early to start, you know. And then also just like being really confident in your abilities. Like I mentioned that I was afraid, kind of afraid to apply to like a big league or a big team because I wasn't fully 100 percent like an expert on the sport but I think really a part of me getting my job at the NFL was really just kind of my confidence and my energy and my charisma just like being myself and bringing my personality like you know to the table like it wasn't about me saying I can tell you all the stats about such and such team it was that I'm going to come in I'm going to work harder than the next person I have great ideas I'm not afraid to voice those ideas and I think as a young black woman, this is a perspective that's not, you know, there's not a lot of us here and like this needs to be highlighted and understood. And so I am so excited to bring that into the league. So I think that was a big part of me getting the job. So just really owning, you know, your skill set, earning, owning your perspectives, owning, you know, whatever you're studying, like all of these things are always important. You don't have to be a sports industry major, right? Like one person in my class was like a biomedical engineering major and now she's thriving at the NFL, you know? So don't worry much about one typical type of persona, but be you and highlight whatever it is about you that that can change the industry. Uh, I love that. Just just drop some gems right there. (laughs) Can't even lie. But uh, before we go, is there a quote or a mantra that you live by that you would like to share with the listeners? There's lots of quotes. It's not really a mantra, but it's something that my dad has kind of ingrained in me since I was little. And it's just the importance of integrity. I think it kind of gets overlooked at times, but I think that's something I take a lot of pride in. And I try to really think about every decision and just having integrity in everything that I do. Um, I'm a big believer in karma. So I also just want to, you know, make sure I'm doing the right thing, saying the right thing, treating Mm -hmm. people with respect, like that will get you so far, you know, just, you know, being positive and making sure you're not trying, you can't scam your way to the top. You know, you got to be yourself. You've got to stay focused, but you've also got to like, you got to treat people right. You know? And I think that is something that people don't think about can like help you and, you know, lead to success. But it truly, I think has gotten me really, really far and has gotten me into rooms I never thought I would ever be in. So having integrity, treating people with respect and staying true to who you are, I think are my, my main things. Definitely. I love that. I love that. But um, this was a great episode. We, we keep saying it, but you've dropped some, some gems. You've all done the transitions from me, which I appreciate, <laughs> but uh, you know, thank you for coming on and uh, good luck, you know, moving forward with the rest of your career. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Huge supporter of the amateurs, and I'll be listening a lot more. But thank you for having me thank and you. enjoy your weekends. Yeah, you, too, you. you too. Thank you guys.